0: Hello and welcome back to Multimodal. I'm your host, Backste Future. Uh, this week was a whirlwind of a week. If you're following along with my YouTube channel, my Substack newsletter, my last podcast, you know that I've I've been dropping videos from my series GPTX, DALL-E, and our Multimodal Future. The first video was an introduction to the whole topic, where I provided the sort of the baseline information you need for the rest of the series. The second video was on the first lesson, which was mixing and texturing. The The third video was on the topic, the creative topic of composition and phrasing. And today's video, I'm recording this on Friday, uh, was about the Dali avocado chair and sort of the 3D animation I had made to sort of exemplify its potential as an AI-based industrial design product. I hope you're enjoying this series so far. I've certainly enjoyed, I not only enjoyed making it, but it's crazy for me because I'm in the same seat as you. I'm an audience member just like you even though I made it (laughs) and so uh, I guess all I'm doing is biting my nails and looking forward to reading the different interactions on Twitter and the YouTube comments and everywhere. About how people are finding it, uh, so far the feedback has been very positive. I've got you know real res- it was it was real. I feel it's really resonating and uh, it's you know being received well by by everybody watching it. Um, I want to you know of course thank everybody for the support up to this point. Uh, it's definitely meaningful for me uh, to just be uploading a video every day and seeing all these nice things people have to say <laughs> either about me or the series. It's very sweet. I really appreciate all the support. Um, and so today I, I thought I'd talk about two ideas, um, the first of which is artistic acceleration. This is a topic, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to really cover in the series. And I realized after watching the series myself a few times before releasing it, that this is one of the ideas that, or themes for the series that I'm, I'm indicating, even though I never explicitly said it. Now, I did Google artistic acceleration is a term used by other people, uh, mainly academics and scholars. To be honest, I did not have a time to do the literature review <laughs> into what it represents and what it means. But I, I guess from the from the context of GPT-X, DALI and our multimodal future, um, the series, I, I guess, after watching it myself, I realized that these are the codes that I'm sharing to accelerate art like in the future, so like art, our thinking around art, our, you know, our art and culture. Um, these are the codes that I can imagine to accelerate the whole field of art. Um, and so what do I mean by accelerate? I guess I mean um, the, the trends, the patterns, the uh, approaches we take to design, the techniques we use. But also, I guess I do mean our, our psychology and our mindset and our culture Um, and can we, can we advance the ways we think about, you know, the classic topics, right? Like our existence, love, um, our identities, our, our, you know, our role in the universe, our relationship to others, our culture, um, GBTX, DALI and our multimodal future, the things that I'm proposing, uh, if they end up happening, like I, like I projected within the next two to 10 years in the series, Uh, I think we will see an acceleration of of art uh, of all the different mediums, whether it's, you know, uh, graphic design or painting, music, um, you know, like these sort of very fine arts. How can they be influenced? Now that I think about it, even dance. Right. Like, I mean, I guess in theory, you, you could train a multimodal AI model on, you know, videos of, of people dancing, I guess you'd need some appropriate descriptions of what's happening at the time and maybe some descriptions as well, like text-based around the themes behind this dance performance, what what you know exceptional moves were performed, who was who were the dancers and how much training went into this. And I suppose you could also generate <clears throat> Uh, new kinds of dances with multimodal AI just by giving a description of the theme or the song or like what kind of dance you're looking for. Uh, Anyways, like, I mean, that's a bit of a tangent, but uh, like, I guess all I'm saying, the idea behind artistic acceleration uh, is essentially our current art industry on steroids and I, I guess part of the reason is, I don't, I don't want to obviously spoil the series, but I, I take it by now, you know, you've picked up on this theme that, you know, there is something even with the existing multimodal AI tools, whether it's, you know, Dali Mini, VQGAN and Clip, whether it's CogView, they're really easy to use. And um, I guess, you know, if it's really easy to use, can we imagine more people creating art than ever before uh, my view in the series is yes, right? At the same time, you watched my video on composition and phrasing, you watched my videos on the you know the essence of multimodal creativity, which in my view is is mixing and texturing. What do you think these two lessons are? right? If you're spending all your time on composition, if you're mixing different things and experimenting with mixing and texturing, you are accelerating our understanding of art. you are under you are, you're pushing the boundaries. Uh, and for once, you're actually liberated and given the chance to do that, right? Like like me personally, I always find I'm I'm often just making things other people have made before. I've spent so much of my life recreating great things that other people have done and very little time actually adding to the culture, actually adding to our zeitgeist, actually contributing something new and different, or, you know, just even taking things to a new territory. And <clears throat> anyways, like I... I do encourage you to just think about this idea of artistic acceleration as you're watching this series. And I suppose as a technologist, um, we are used to thinking about acceleration. Like it's almost built into the tech industry, right? Like, you know, we call it Moore's Law, right? This idea that chips get, you know, twice as fast and twice as cheap. Don't quote me on that. It's something like that. And, you know, we we are always innovating, right? Like we have sprints, you know, two-week sprints. How much can we get done? What can we do the next sprint? Um, And it's all about speed. And I'm not saying that, you know, these fine arts industries or even the design industries like architecture could become like that culturally, like in terms of, you know, everything is about speed. But I do think um, some of that Silicon Valley, like thinking some of that idea of the whole point of the tech industry is acceleration. (laughs) right. It's about moving forward. It's about advancement. Um, I think maybe maybe art will be even more so like that. I'm not saying it hasn't been up to this point, but I'm saying maybe it could really go a lot further. Uh, maybe More people will be contributing. More people will have their own takes. More people will be looking at their work, broadly speaking, and how it relates and be able to easily make changes to make it different or completely new compared to anything we've ever seen before. Uh, and more people will not be limited by skills, right? Like you won't necessarily need to know Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop, right? And you won't be distracted by those details either. So you will be able to think about the significance of your work and think about how can you push art forward. Um, I, I don't want to sound like I'm dismissive of art currently. Like certainly fashion moves really fast, right? Like the the cycles of fashion, I suspect, probably move even faster than Silicon Valley, Right. I mean, nobody talks about these things, but I, you know, I do feel like maybe the fashion industry moves way faster than Apple or Google or or Intel, (laughs) right? We tend to associate Silicon Valley with speed and innovation, but I often think fashion can also do that. And of course, there there always have been artists who are pushing the boundaries forward, but you never hear about them, right? So I I don't want to ignore these silent voices who are thinking different and contributing to... To some kind of larger cultural uh, experience, just without any visibility. But I just, I, I do think these tools in the hands of the great artists uh, will change our understanding of art itself. I mentioned in my Substack piece that, uh, you know, I think the best artists, if they have these tools, like we, we will see artistic experiences we simply cannot conceptualize today. They will take things to a whole new level, to whole new heights, to different angles. They will use these technologies in such extravagant ways, right? And they are a a kind of paintbrush of their own, (laughs) right? Like there's simply no uh, existing tool we have, which even comes close, right? I don't think Photoshop has a lot in common with multimodal AI. I I simply don't. I I I don't think Photoshop has a lot of similarities with um with dally right like i i think i think photoshop is the digital version of the things you know artists used to do in real life in the atomic reality they were in <laughs> right but Dali is something else right it's a different it's a different tool altogether and i i think artists will uh exploit and push these tools to the maximum in ways that even even like we can't imagine i certainly can't foresee but i'm excited to see and you know, one of the obviously other themes as well, You, you, you've, if you've been following my, you know, different creative fits <laughs> and tantrums on Twitter, I just, you know, I keep repeating this idea that, you know, the spirit of the artist is really important, right? Um, like it, it really is. Like I, I think, you, I don't think we'd have computers if it wasn't for artists. I don't think we'd have artificial intelligence if it wasn't for artists, right? And so artistic acceleration uh, also has implications for sci-fi, which has real-world implications for Silicon Valley, right, um, and the tech industry. Certainly one of my favorite artists, Sid Mead, uh, he was a concept artist who passed away recently. Um, you know, he did a lot of the artwork for, you know, Blade Runner, uh, I believe, Star Wars, I think, the character design for WALL-E, not Do- not Wally, WALL-E, the Pixar, the, the, the robot was based on one of his concept art pieces. And, uh, you know, I just, I just feel like, you know, if, if artists weren't setting the direction of what the future could be, if they weren't laying out what we could experience and how different life could be, if they weren't challenging our assumptions around, you know, race, our, our identity around the nature of technology, good or bad, uh, we, we simply would not have an advanced society. And for me personally, whatever can advance society, whatever can get us to a direction where, you know, we're solving all disease, you know, where we have infinite computer storage and everyone has access to supercomputers, you know, where there's no poverty, whatever can get us in that direction, I'm in favor of, and I have faith that, you know, artists with multimodal AI, these kinds of technologies can perhaps paint a future um, that we would then build. <laughs> Right, and they they might actually build it themselves too. Right, who knows how, how far this multimodal AI stuff is going to go? Right, I mean you you've seen OpenAI Codex, which can write code. Uh, if OpenAI Codex becomes straight up zero shot code generation, like I'm saying, it makes the whole app for you. Suddenly, you are the artist and the builder. Right, and. I also think, too, like one of the things I didn't mention in this series, but I'm also excited for technologists with access to these tools to jump in and become artists in the same way on Twitter and, you know, on Substack and all these different ways on the OpenAI community forums. I am personally going through a transition where I'm, I'm becoming an artist, you know, in a very public way. Um, I can see a lot of tech people becoming artists as well and identifying as artists now and i just think if tech people start making art i think we will also come up with very utopian sci-fi driven art and you know to some extent the the popular culture has seriously seriously been bashing technology and blaming technology for all of life's problems if you watch any movie technology is what's wrong with the world and perhaps with the technologists becoming artists we will actually paint a utopian society which has driven the the dream and the which has been the motivation for the tech industry in the first place. Um, and so, you know, like we, we will start painting uh, what could be the next great free universal hospital that can be dropped into any part of the world and perform surgeries and everything else that is desperately needed in the community. Uh, perhaps we will paint, you know, new kinds of wearables, uh, which can, you know, track your health at levels we simply do not think about today. Uh, perhaps, you know, uh, you know, perhaps some of, the, some of the minorities in the tech community who, who feel discriminated against, don't feel recognized, who, who feel like, you know, they, they haven't been given opportunities in the tech industry that others would have. Perhaps them painting and making movies and making songs and sharing the struggle they're going through will actually advance Silicon Valley's hiring practices, how they think about diversity, um, and maybe even inspire the next generation of diverse leaders. Anyway, so I'm, I'm really excited about this artistic acceleration idea. And I just, I wanted to make the podcast just to at least put the idea out there. Uh, I don't think it will make it in the series. I'm happy to discuss it later. Um, but anyways, so that, that's the end of the artistic acceleration discussion. You could tell I'm still, it's still pretty raw. I'm still working through it. I have, you know, multiple ways I'm thinking about it, looking at it. Um, By the way, like I mentioned in the first video, at the end of the series, there's gonna be this awesome Clubhouse event. Um, And so if you don't know what Clubhouse is, Clubhouse is basically, it's like a Zoom call, but there's no video. Everybody there is just audio. Uh, It used to be like invite only, like somebody from Clubhouse, like who's part of the network needed to invite you. Now it's open to everyone. It's on Android and iOS. And so at the end of this event, I'm really counting on anyone, everyone who watched the videos, everyone who's tuned into the podcast, everyone who follows me on Twitter, at BAKZTFuture, everyone who listens to this podcast. Um, I'm really excited to hear what you all have to think, what you all have to say. I want to learn from you guys. You know, I am sharing my worldview of the future, but I am aware that my worldview is limited. It's probably really flawed. It's lacking in a bunch of areas that, obviously, I'm one person. There's only so much that... You know i i knew about and can predict but obviously these predictions become more accurate uh, and sort of uh, reach some equilibrium with actual feedback from real people who've had different life experiences and stories and come from different backgrounds than me and i guess the exciting thing is as a podcast listener uh, if you've always wanted to just ask me a question or perhaps you know even like share some technical Uh, technical inaccuracy that I, you know, that I shared, I, you know, I'd love to hear like on a, even on a feasibility technology perspective, where have I gone wrong? Um, I encourage you to come to the event and that is the cool part about clubhouse is it, you know, this conversation will go from a one way where I am speaking normally ranting and you're listening to me listening to you. And as, as somebody who makes podcasts, as somebody who makes YouTube videos, as somebody who writes a newsletter, you have to understand, I like hearing what other people have to say, too, right? Like, I like a two-way conversation as well, right? Uh, and I, I know I can learn, and I want to learn, and I want to get better, right? I mean, I, it's odds are that I wouldn't do it, but if, if I found out the series was deeply flawed in some way, or if I really learned from that conversation, would I be willing to remake the series <laughs> with an even more accurate... Vision of the future, perhaps, right? Maybe two years later, like, you know, things change and I decide to redo the series. And, you know, I ask you, like, I need you to review all the all the different drafts of what I came up with. Where am I correct and where am I wrong? But uh, anyway, so th- that's the end of Artistic Acceleration. I wanted to just expand on some of the ideas you've probably seen so far. At this point, I am assuming you have seen all the videos in GPTX, x DALI, and our multimodal future. Um the main idea of the intro video uh i just i'm sharing definitions so you know what is a multimodal model you know what is DALI, how is DALI different from gpt3 one of the downsides of this world is i like i i hate how much context we need to give to people who know nothing about it right like it's it's almost hard to understand what gpt3 is as it is but try explaining gpt3 and DALI. Right. And this is part of the reason I get so mad about the names. Like, I I had that whole 40 minute rant where I complained about why GPT 3 and prompt engineering are bad names. It is already hard to explain this world to ordinary people. And on top of that, the names are also so bad, (laughs) right, that it doesn't help people who are non technical keep up. But, anyways, so like, uh, I give some definitions. I talk about multimodality. If you've listened to this podcast before, I'm assuming you know what a multimodal model is. And then I sort of where it gets interesting is I then share what multimodal models could um, could theoretically uh, generate, right? Like whether it's a you know, design for a building, whether it's a product design, whether it's a song. And I think one area where that video could have been better is the next part where I basically talked about you could cross between them. And so if you didn't understand, like, what did I mean by that? Like, you know, my view of the future within the next two to 10 years is genuinely that um, you'll be able to like watch a movie. So let's say you watch Jaws, right? That classic 1970s, 1980s movie, you know, the one with the sharks in the water. You could watch that movie as a rerun and be like, wow, Jaws is a great movie. Has anybody ever designed a building? with jaws in mind like literally a jaws themed movie sorry jaws themed movie building like a building based on that movie um and my belief is in the next two to ten years you will be able to do that like you'll be able to give an ai model a movie and be like make me a make me a design for a building based on this movie um looking at it another way you could just take a painting in my view and in the future, you'll be able to give, give that painting you like <clears throat> uh, into an AI model, and uh, it would uh, generate a song based on that painting, the brushwork, the theme, who made it. Like the look it has, it would just incorporate whatever those elements were from that painting and understand it, and then create a song with, with those unique characteristics. And if you're familiar with art history, if you grew up listening to music, you know music musicians for a long time have had a connection with, you know, fine art painting, right? Like, you know, uh, let's take a classic single I grew up with, you know, Green Day's uh, "Boulevard of Broken Dreams," <laughs> right? Uh, that's that's based on a painting right? Uh, they had a, another album called Insomniac, which was also based on a painting. And it's no surprise, you know, sometimes I look at paintings, and I can just, you know, feel their presence and what they're trying to say, even if I can't explain it. Um, and often, you know, it, it, it probably does show up in my work, right? Um, like last year, I was obsessed with the color yellow, like if you watch all my youtube videos I'm, I've been tossing in yellow like crazy because I, I think I, I saw something which really inspired yellow and then I started seeing yellow everywhere and then I realized yellow is like the easiest way to make the world a happier place the more yellow you can incorporate the happier people will feel and it's like it, it's like crazy it makes you feel like this abundance of happiness now I didn't write a song out of it I chose to maybe channel it in my youtube videos but Anyways, I'm ranting here, but so I wanted to just clarify, like, so it can a generate a lot of things for you, and b, uh, you can also, in my view, you'll be able to also cross between them, and and that is a really exciting opportunity for creativity. You know, in the past, as 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 a human, I find it quite challenging to look at a painting and make a song based on it. Like, I can understand the feeling, but to directly, like, just you know, and instantly take the emotions of a painting and turn it into a song. I find that really hard to to watch a movie like Jaws and to turn that into an architectural building. I find that, you know, really, really hard. And I almost feel like my imagination is limited and blurry. Like I see a blurry vision of what a Jaws-like building could be like, but I don't think it will be as definitive and crystallized as an AI instantly rendering it and generating that for you. Like in some sense, it's almost like the multimodal AI could be a second imagination for you where you will be able to just enter stuff and it will imagine what that could look like in very vivid detail for you. And then from there, you can decide, you know, do I want to actually turn this to a building? Do I want to pitch this to clients? Do I want to submit it, you know, to different, you know, art, you know, architecture awards? Do I want to add this to my portfolio? Do I want to take this idea to the next level? Like let's spend the next three months on this JAWS like building. Um, And so that was the end of the first video. The second video, this is a really important lesson. This is on mixing and texturing. And the idea of mixing and texturing, my belief is, um, you know, you'll be able to just easily mix different ideas. I think one of the ideas I suggested in the series in that video was like Joe Rogan, a cartoon illustration of Joe Rogan interviewing a carrot, (laughs) right? And why do i think this will happen well i think humans will as we already do with existing models like Dall-E. you know cool we go into these multimodal engines and type in joe rogan we're excited then we type in joe rogan cartoon we're really excited cool it was able to do that that's really exciting but what really excites us like we get bored after that and what really excites us is taking it to the next level like let's take this you know cartoon joe rogan which somebody has probably drawn before and let's take it to a level where probably nobody has ever drawn before Right. Now I could be wrong, I didn't Google this, but I mean I doubt that there is a cartoon illustration of Joe Rogan interviewing a carrot, right? Like I really doubt it, but that would be something unique and original. And I think that will kind of be at least the, the first generation of, of multimodal art and creativity. I think it will be driven by mixing and texturing it will be just people who can just look at something and be like i what i wonder if i mix this with that what would what would a look like if it was combined with b how can i take b and connect it to c can this be something new and original what what interesting works can be paired together right um in the same way like you know a dj uh, i you know there's all these mashups <laughs> right just recently i listened to a Uh, a Weezer and Kanye West mashup. I couldn't believe it that there was all these similarities. Uh, People have also, you know, done mashups with Oasis and Green Day, right? I apologize. I'm giving really dated references here, (laughs) but you get the idea, right? Um, In some sense, this is no different from, you know, the classic remixing and art and stuff, like the art and music and pop culture, but in another way, this is something new altogether. I, I just I don't think it's ever been this easy. This you know, what I'm calling this second imagination. It's really handy. It's never been this easy. And I, I personally have a hard time imagining what two things combined could look like. I don't know. Maybe it's a limitation of my brain, but I'd love to hear it. Do you guys have an easy time imagining <laughs> what mashups could look like? Or is that part of the fascination when you use things like dally mini or vq and clip that you know you'll let the ai come up with it because even you couldn't imagine what it would be like Um, texturing didn't get as much of a uh, emphasis in that video but i also think it is equally important as these multimodal ai tools become more sophisticated I can foresee mixing being really important and changing the game and everyone may actually be competing on mixing, but I also think texturing will matter too. I think texturing will add depth to your work um, in ways that people will will almost it will be your work will almost be unrecognizable to something that people haven't seen before. Um, in addition to adding more realism or maturity to your work. Um, and so like, I guess if we're, if we're taking these ideas and transforming it into a person, I I think perhaps my view is the ideal multimodal creative or artist, uh, will just, uh, like be able to reference, like, you know, what if you mix this with this? What if this was combined with this? What if this was in the art style of this guy? Right. And at the same time, they'll be like, this is good, right? This is a good generation. But now I want to texture in these ways. I want to texture the tree like this person does, or I want to texture this this tree based on an image I found on the internet. I want I want the multimodal AI model to texture this tree specifically based on this image, right? And uh, you know, there are texture artists today. Um, you know, that's what they do, especially in the three D world. They're they're you know often their focus is around adding textures to make it look more real or add to add to to the themes. But I can actually see texture artist becoming a real industry with you know real people who are the best in the world at it in the future. I can see texture becoming really important. I can see it being one of the ways that multimodal creatives and artists in the future differentiate themselves from others. Um, and it matters. I, I think you know I've listened to music samples that were, you know, replicas, and then I listened to those same replicas with more layers and more textures, and they sounded way better, right? I'm not saying better textured work is always the answer to more professional sounding work, but I I do think, you know, the best stuff is often has many textures in it that uh that add more depth to it that you can just sense and feel even if you can't explain it. Um was the was the third video the third video was on composition and phrasing Uh, composition and phrasing you know it's an important lesson the key takeaway from that video is I think it's about a mindset I think you need to get into this mindset of you know AI can render and generate these things for you your job now is to worry less about details right Um, at least not in the ways you used to like if you had Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop open your job is to look at something overall. And for many people, I think there's two sort of mental blocks we have. The first of which is whenever we're teaching art and creativity, we tend to teach skills. If you show up to learn graphic design, if you show up to learn industrial design, product design, if you show up to learn um, web design, I'm not sure if I already mentioned that, they teach you tools, right? And they teach you skills. And that's the main point is you need to, in order just to stay afloat, You need to know Adobe Photoshop, you need to know how to crop things, how to set up your canvas, how to, you know, the brush tool, the magic wand tool, you need to know all these things. And at some point we forget, uh, creativity is not necessarily about our tools. It's not necessarily about Adobe Photoshop, right? Creativity is about your spirit as a creative and translating that into a reality, (laughs) right? And so me as a creative, I have no allegiance to Adobe Photoshop, right? If, if a multimodal AI tool can take something that is in my head and turn it into a real thing in a better way than even Photoshop could ever do, I have, I, me personally, I have no allegiance to Adobe Photoshop. And so I think I, we, in, our, in our heads over time, just as a part of our, our traditional schooling and the way it's taught, because we have no other choice, um, we tend to associate creativity with skills and like actually doing the nitty gritty. Like you are the one selecting all the elements, deselecting. You're the one doing all the work, typically, unless you're lucky enough to work with a team and it's more than a passion project, maybe something you do for a living. And, and so the, the first idea that we need to sort of eat at and, and fight against is this urge to to do everything ourselves and focus on the nitty gritty. Um, the second thing is like, it's just so deeply ingrained in our culture, <laughs> right? This, this, you know, creative laborer, as I'm calling it, And and I guess I guess I'm also saying as well that most people who are creative are never given a chance to direct, right? And I I think that's a great misfortune in our modern society, right? Why is it? You know, I'm pretty creative. I'm pretty creative. You know, I make pretty decent YouTube videos. I have lots of skills. You know, I can write code. I can, you know, I know graphic design. I you know I I used to make music. I have all these skills. How come I didn't get a chance to direct a Hollywood blockbuster movie? right? How come Warner Brothers didn't approach me and say, you know, we have a hundred million dollar budget. We want you to direct uh, a movie like Tenet or Inception. You know, we have the screenplay. We want you to do it. (laughs) Right. And so I think most people have never even given a chance to actually direct something. And so composition and phrasing is about perhaps to some extent embracing your role um, as somebody looking at the big picture, which is often associated with directors. And I, you know, I want to give a shout out to to uh, Michael. I, but I'm I'm gonna mispronounce his name. I apologize in advance. M- Michael Carey Chow has been showing mad love to to the series and on the Substack. I'm, I'm definitely gonna in- include his his TikTok uh, link below. He's an incredible artist. The stuff he's already doing with v- VQGAN and Clip, and you can see the success he's seeing on TikTok. But I, you know, he summarized it aptly. Like he was, you know, it was something. His tweet was something along the lines of. Uh, with multimodal AI, everyone in the future will, will be given a chance to sit at the director's seat. And personally, I find it very exciting. And let me tell you something else, right? In some way, this is even better than being the director for a Hollywood movie, right? Imagine you're directing a Hollywood movie. There's like, a, you know, a thousand, two thousand people involved, some overseas. There's so much politics going on. Sometimes as a director, when you want something done, it doesn't get done. Like you have to fight for it. You have to convince the art director, you have to convince the studio. You have to convince all these different layers of people that what you want is a great idea, and since you're the director, they should listen. This is even better than that, right? Like I, I think in the next two to ten years, whatever you want changed, multimodal AI will just do it for you. You don't, you don't like this color? It will change it instantly. You don't, you don't like this perspective on this object? It will change the perspective, right? It, it, it will be like, it will be like the ideal team that you could ever dream of in the in the ability that you don't need to beg and convince them that your idea is a good idea even though you're supposed to be the one in charge. <laughs> and so composition and phrasing is a good intro for I honestly like for a lot of tech people or maybe artists who haven't come across it, or maybe they've realized it, but didn't have a word for it. I mean, this is composition is nothing new. If you've studied any art theory, like I think it's one of the earliest lessons, but it's so important. I had to make the video on it. And there's a reason, you know, it's video number three or technically number two, if you don't count the intro video, it's because it's important. And I think the composition and phrasing mindset is the dominant mindset. Of multimodal creatives, I, I think it, it is about looking at the big picture, and uh, you know where will advancement happen? It will happen in our understanding of the big picture. It will no longer necessarily be in our ability to compete over these details, and perhaps you know art critics of the future will focus a lot more on composition, um, and that delta between um, your work and something that is of great composition is really big and important that I don't think we've really explored. Like what, what makes, you know, something have great composition? Uh, what is it about it? And what are the things that we just weren't doing with composition before that new people in the future will discover? I'm excited to find out. Um, and, uh, I guess, the, I guess the last, uh, video was the one today about the, uh, the avocado chair. Uh, this is an incredible video. If if you know about the avocado chair with the with Dali, uh, if you don't know, so it was a uh, a design like an industrial product design that the Dali paper proposed. Like it, it just instantly generated an armchair in the shape of an avocado, and this thing got so big. Like everyone loved this avocado chair so much. It was on the news. It's pretty much a meme at this point for good reason. You know, people love talking about it. Uh, in fact, you know Dali Mini, which is uh, an open-source attempt at replicating um, Dali itself. Uh, one of the technical benchmarks they used was Dali Mini's ability to generate a decent-looking avocado chair, like the kind in the Dali paper. And so, this video basically uh, is a you know a 3D animation, and I encourage you to watch it. I hope seriously hope you've seen all these videos. I don't want to spoil it, but Like this video is an attempt to make, you know, a 3D animated version of that avocado chair in the paper. Um, And the reason I wanted to make it is I wanted to make it real and tangible and feasible, something you can almost feel. Um, And I wanted to just point out that, you know, this is something that an AI model already theoretically generated this year, right? And you're watching this video, and it feels so real, like you could buy this in the store today. And just because it, would, it was made by a multimodal AI model doesn't make it any less significant. It doesn't mean it can't impact our society and our real world. There is nothing stopping. Now that I made this video, there's nothing stop, stopping somebody from actually making actual physical you know, avocado chairs and selling them as, as real furniture right like i'm saying the the journey and the distance between a multimodal ai model generated something for you it conceptualized a concept you gave it and it becomes a real product in the real world that is making money i don't think is that far away right um And, uh, anyways, the video is, is really fun and, you know, it's very real and obviously it has a similar kind of vibe to like a tech product, right? Like it's, it's got a similar kind of approach, like an Apple product reveal would have. And it is, if you love the avocado chair, if if you, if you're familiar with Dali, please watch this video. And by the way, please share it with your friends. I genuinely want that video to like truly blow up. (laughs) Like I think for people who are not from you know, the GPT-3, DALI, multimodal AI world, like this avocado chair could probably be the most entertaining thing they've ever seen ever. (laughs) Right. And I think there's something about that video. It just brings me joy. And I, you know, it's a, it's different from, you know, the series, like it, you know, it has a, it has a nice touch to it. It's a lot of, you know, it's, it's, that video is does not have any dense information like the other videos, right? Like it's a nice break. Um, So anyways, and, uh, you know, uh, I I hope you watched that video. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. Please let me know what your, what your thoughts are. And of course, you know, I'm adding additional details. We will discuss these details in the clubhouse event once the series is over, right? We can go in more detail. If you have any questions, if you want to add, correct me, whatever, it's all good. That will be your chance. And so this week, uh, I, 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 I have to be very careful what I say, but, um, There's, there's some awesome videos lined up for you. Excuse me. Uh, there are some awesome, awesome videos lined up, uh, this week. I I hope you're going to love it. Um, there'll be a lot like last week's, but also different in their own way. There's many lessons to glean and, you know, I, I sincerely hope you continue to, um, share the videos everywhere, whether it's Reddit on Twitter, uh, you know, I encourage you to, I'm so sorry. Let me let me turn my ringtone off. You know, I, I encourage you to uh, spread the word on Reddit, on Discord, on Twitter, wherever you can. I want to thank everybody in the comments section who's been leaving a comment and also liking it. It means a lot. Please continue to do that. And of course, if you know anybody uh, in real life, either they work in this industry, they work in AI, they work in tech generally, if they're creative, um, I encourage you to uh, tell them about it and show them that you know this is a series that uh tries to at least crystallize the future, the next two to ten years of of creativity in very definitive ways, right? Um, and it might be of interest to them. You know, I I, I hope that uh, these videos, uh, I really want the ideas that I'm proposing to go a lot further, um, in in into the real world, right? Like I want company executives, I want you know, startup people, I want artists, I want, you know, I want these ideas to enter the zeitgeist, because I think they could change creativity forever. And I think they could really empower creatives in ways that we simply cannot imagine today. And so I mean, it sounds very conceited. But, you know, like, if you're passionate about creativity, too, and if you want to see these kinds of possibilities available to you, uh, you know, I'm asking you, please, please help me promote the series, whatever you can do to spread the word um, means a lot. And of course I really appreciate it as an individual creator, right? Like I'm not a company. Um, you know, I, I took time off of, of work to just make this series. Right. So, and it's been me, like I, I, you know, I, I hired, you know, one or two people to help with, you know, small segments of it, but the majority of it has been, uh, a single founder on this one. (laughs) And so anyways, uh, lots of stuff this week. And, uh, I, I hope you continue watching and supporting the series. I hope you love it. And of course, thank you so much for your support and help up to this point. And if you are still listening all the way to the end, this is approaching a 40 minute podcast. I want to thank you for sticking through this one with me gptx dally and our multimodal future is available on youtube youtube.com slash b-a-k-z-t future you can follow along in my substack newsletter where i'm every once in a while sharing other details that aren't in the video i'm also announcing each video on there as well as you know there's other articles i've written even outside of this space it's you can find my newsletter at bakztfuture.substack.com. you know this podcast is available everywhere um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, I use Pocket Casts, you can find it on there. By now, I'm hoping you can find it everywhere. Um, and lastly, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter at BAKZTFuture. Um, there has been some performance art stuff that I've been doing on Twitter that, you know, adds a lot more depth to the series. I think some of the things that weren't talked about in the series that are just raw, really, um, uh, you know, you know, really intense forms of my emotions, uh, that, that add to the, to your understanding of the series, uh, that that's happening on Twitter <laughs> in like in real time, like I'll be out for a walk. I feel this way and I've been tweeting it. Um, so it's also, I guess, part of the creative rollout. So I encourage you to follow me on Twitter at BAKZTFuture. If you want the full experience to GPTX Dali in our multimodal future, honestly like it sounds really conceited i apologize but follow me everywhere follow me on twitter follow me on instagram follow me on the on the newsletter podcast youtube um every one of these mediums brings me a a different angle to share something new or talk about the same things in a new way and if you want to experience this series as a whole i encourage you to follow me like on, on all these different ways um so you can you so you can get the full experience of it and I also want to mention too, like, you know, I mentioned this is kind of like performance art, but also, you know, one of my fears is, uh, when this series is over and once, you know, more of the world has been exposed to it, I I wrote a whole long article about how I'm aware eventually I will not be the sole champion of the series. And in fact, I may even forget the ideas that I've talked about or their significance or where they came from, um, simply because you know i have this tendency that once i'm done with an idea once i put it out there i almost forget about it like it's like my brain moves on and so like i i have this tendency mentally to move on once an idea is done and out in the world and essentially at some point i'm sure a few years later even i will be a stranger to the series that i made like it will be something that even i haven't I, I don't remember. And I, I will be learning along with you like, oh, that's what I said. <laughs> and so I just mean wh- wh- where this connects with what I'm saying is if you want to experience my identity and experience the whole series in this moment, um, now is the time. I encourage you to follow me everywhere. At some point, I will no longer be this guy, you know. I I don't I don't know, like I I think or or I, I will be this guy, but, you know, an evolved format or it won't be as raw as it used to be, or more things will become clear that those will just become realities in ways that the series was was wrong or maybe too early. Right. So anyways, if you want the full artistic experience, I encourage you to follow me everywhere. That is it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a great day, night, morning, evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing in the universe, whether you're somewhere else in the multiverse, uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Bye.